Last week we started a series that we're calling Whom the Son Sets Free based on what Jesus said in the eighth chapter of John where he said, Whom the Son Sets Free is free indeed. And last week we learned that Jesus wants to set us free from bitterness. And today we want to look at the fact that he wants us to be free from worry. Listen to what he says, for this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. And yet I say to you, that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into a furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry then saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, but your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word worry. You know, for several years, a woman had been having trouble getting to sleep at night because she was afraid that a burglar was going to break in. And one night, her husband heard a noise downstairs. And so he went down to investigate. And when he got there, he did find a burglar. Good evening, the man said. I'm pleased to see you. Come upstairs and meet my wife. She's been waiting for 10 years to meet you. Well, She'd waited for 10 years, and one night out of one night in 10 years, there was a burglar there. One out of 10 years. Isn't that amazing? We spend so much time worrying. Uh, a John Hopkins University doctor says, we don't know why it is that warriors die sooner than non-warriors, but it is a fact. But I, who am of a simple mind, think I know. We are inwardly constructed in nerve and tissue, brain cell and soul for faith and not for fear. God made us that way. To live by worry is to live against reality. You see, worry is the opposite of faith. And yet it seems that a lot of people, they think worry is their friend and they really uh, just hang on to it and just don't know what they do without it. They don't say it, but that's the way they live. We almost hold on to it. Now, those of you who are Christians, you might not say, I worry. 
You may just call it concern. I'm concerned about something. Well, you know, you try to make it sound good, but the truth of the matter is you're worried and you're holding on to it. And you almost think, I've got to do this because if I don't, something even worse could happen. Some of you, you're such chronic worriers that when there's nothing going on that's wrong and there's nothing to worry about, that's what you worry about. There's got to be something to worry about. I must have missed something somewhere. What we've got to recognize is that we will never be set free from being a prisoner to worry until we recognize that worry is not our friend. It is one of our worst enemies. It's one of those tools of the evil one, Satan, who tries to destroy our faith and teach us and train us, actually, to worry. Paul tells us in Romans, the 14th chapter, the 23rd verse, everything that does not come from faith is sin. And in so many ways, worry is the opposite of faith. If anything, it is not faith in God. It's faith in the evil one. It's saying, I believe in the worst possible case scenario. It's faith in the bad things rather than faith in God. So let's Let's, let's just look at what worry is. We could say from a biblical perspective, worry is the sin of distrusting the promises and the power of God. That's what it is. It's a sin, and we must acknowledge it as such. It is the sin of distrusting the promises and the power of God, and it did not come from God. If you'll call, we just finished up a few weeks ago a series on the promises of God. And the thing is, you're not believing in God's promises if you're worrying. In 2 Timothy, the first chapter, the seventh verse, Paul the apostle says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The spirit of fear does not come from God. It's from the evil one. And so many of us are gripped by it. What Jesus said about this subject is so important. He said, if you'll recall earlier as we began, very specifically, do not worry. Don't worry about your life, about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or about food or about your body or what you're going to wear. And then he asked this He said, is not life more than food and the body more important than clothes? He said, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about your suke. That's the Greek word that's translated life. And what that word means is your life in full, your total life, not just being alive, not just breathing and your heart beating. It means your mental life, your physical life, your emotional life, your spiritual life, your yesterday life, your today life, your future life. He says, don't worry about your suke. In other words, he's saying, don't worry about anything. And then he goes on to say, basically, because your heavenly father loves you and he has it all covered. And yet so many of us, even as believers, what do we do? We stay at wake at night playing the what if game, going over the different scenarios 
agonizing in fear and tension. Our stomach gets in knots. We get ulcers. We get headaches. Our necks and backs get tight. We get high blood pressure. We're stressed. We can't sleep. We're tired all the time. We take it out on other people. We battle depression and we have to take medicine just to function because so many of us are prisoners to the sin of worry. Now, I must say, I haven't arrived yet, but the Lord has brought me so far. And because he has set me free to a great extent, I'd like to share with you three keys that can help set you free from worry. And the first key is this, do what God wants you to do. Do what God wants you to do. You see, the problem is there are a lot of people that are Christians that, in my opinion, over-spiritualize everything. They think that God's going to do it all, or they're expecting God to do it all. You know sometimes people be unemployed, and if you ask them, are you looking for a job? Nope. Do you have a resume ready? Nope. Are you networking? Nope. What are you doing? I'm just waiting for God to bring me a job. People do that all the time. There are certain things that God wants us to do. You know, some people are like uh, broke all the time. And you may ask them, what's your plan? Well, I've entered the publisher's clearinghouse sweepstakes and I bought lottery tickets. They're overly spiritualizing everything, expecting God to do things that he expects us to do truthfully. There are some things that God is going to ask us to do. James said it very clearly in James 1.22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself, but do what it says. Now, what is God going to ask you to do? Well, some things I couldn't tell you, but there are some general things, a couple of general things that we know that he wants us all to do. And so let's look at those. First of all, God wants you to do the right things. He wants you to think on the right things. He's very clear in scripture when he says, we are to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. So whenever our mind starts to wander off down that what if trail, well, what if this happens? Oh my gosh, I'm really going to mess this up. I'm worried about this. We recognize this is not a God thought. This is a thought that's based on fear, and this does not come from God. And so I have to take that runaway thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Now, Scripture says to think on things that are pure and lovely and admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on such things. So whatever, I'm sorry, whenever my mind starts to run like I'm going to bomb this, I'm going to be just horrible, it's not going to be any good, just say to yourself, wait a minute, that's not what God says. God says I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. I take that thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Or you may be thinking, oh, I'm always going to be depressed and my life is always going to be miserable and it's never. No, you stop because that's not what God's word says. He says he's working in all things to bring about good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. I take that thought captive and I make it obedient to Jesus. 
we retrain our minds not to run down the road of worry because that's honestly what many of us have trained our minds to do. Always thinking about the worst case scenario. If we want to be free from worry, we're going to have to start doing what God asks us to do. And now, honestly, this may take some time to retrain your mind. Now, I'll give you an example. In high school, I studied Spanish for two years, and uh, I had a very good teacher. He immersed us in Spanish during the second year. Uh, We wound up uh, him teaching the class in Spanish, and we had to comprehend and listen and participate in Spanish. He took us down to Monterey, Mexico to just immerse us in the uh, Spanish language. Now, the thing is, whenever I got to A&M, I majored in modern languages. And from the second semester on at A&M, the classes were all taught in Spanish. When I first started, they would speak in Spanish and I would hear the Spanish translated in my head into English and then think my answer in English and then translate that into Spanish and then respond. But then something happened. Somewhere along the way, a switch was flipped. And it was just amazing. If they spoke Spanish, I heard in Spanish. And I understood in Spanish. I thought in Spanish. And I responded in Spanish. And it was totally different. And this is what happens in your mind as you take these thoughts captive and Replace them with the thoughts that God wants you to have. Instead of responding with fear, you'll find that you've retrained your mind to think according to his holy word instead of according to fear. So you need to do what God wants you to do. And one of the things that we can do is think on the right things. Think the right thoughts and take those wrong thoughts captive and replace them. The second thing we can do is simply to do what is wise. We can do what's wise. Scripture teaches us over and over again to do the wise thing. For example, if you don't have a job, it would be wise to get together a resume. It would be good to talk to somebody. That would be wise. If your kids are dishonoring God, it might be wise to pray for them. It might be wise to go to a Uh, get a book on parenting or to talk with some friends who've been through something similar with their kids and God has used them to lead their kids out of trouble. That would be wise. If your marriage is struggling, it would be wise to talk to someone uh, like a pastor or a Christian counselor. You can do that. If you want to get married and you haven't had a date in a long time, You could go out and be around some people of the opposite sex who are not married. That would be wise. You can smile at them. That would be wise. You can be nice to them. I think that would be wise. You can brush your teeth, use deodorant, brush your hair. All those things would be wise things to do if you're looking to get married. Now, there's some wise things that we can do that God wants us to be doing. Remember, number one, I'll do what God asks me to do. And now then, number two key that I want to share with you is give God what you cannot do. Here's what it says in, uh, this is Paul talking to the Philippians in Philippians 4, 
uh, verses 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And now listen to this. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Beautiful words. And do you know where Paul was when he was writing these words to the Philippians? He was in prison facing death. This is a testimony to the fact that Jesus can set us free from worry. Paul can testify from sitting on death row that God can just give you peace in your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So number one, if we're, we need to be free from worry, next, and when we're going to be doing, if we want to be free from worry, we need to do what God asks us to do, and we're going to give to God the things that we cannot do. So what typically happens though? If, uh, if you're anything like me, what will happen is this. I'll go, okay, God, I'm really struggling with this. Okay, God, I give this to you. Here it is. I, I trust you with it, okay? And then, God, it's taking a long time. A week later, God, nothing's happening. Six months later, God, nothing's happening. And so, you may just flat say, God, you're not doing anything. I'm taking it back. That's what we often do. And that's where worry is born. We don't really trust God with it. Why not? The problem is in our minds. We're too big and our God is too small. That's why we worry, because we think we can do far more than God can. And our God and our mind is too small. Let me ask you this. Can you protect your kids from all danger? No, but you can't. But let me ask you this. Can God give his angels charge over your kids? Yes, he can. And so we give that to God. Another question can you change your spouse? Now, some of you may think you can, but let me go ahead and just break the news to you. You can't. So let me ask you again. Can you change your spouse? The answer is no. Can God do that? Yes. And God can change you too. And so you give this to God. Can your worry change anything at all? No, it can't. You're going, no, no. Can God change anything at all? He can change whatever he wants to change. So what do we need to do? We need to do what God asks us to do. We need to give God everything that we cannot do. And let's say it one more. Let's, well, let's, let's, just, let's just move on. Here's the third key I want to share with you. No matter what happens, trust God. No matter what happens, no matter if God does what I want him to do, no matter if he does something else, no matter what happens, trust God. Here's what scripture says. These are the words of Jesus. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And then he, all these other things will be given to you as well. This is what Jesus said. He said, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow because tomorrow already has enough worry about itself, enough, enough to worry about for itself. So don't worry about tomorrow. When you trust God, you realize 
He's already there. He's already in tomorrow. Time is not an issue for him. He is already there. No matter what happens, I'm going to trust God, and I'm going to trust that he is causing all things to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. And that would be you. You want to stop worrying? Here's what you do. Ask, or I'm sorry, here's what you do. Do whatever God wants you to do. Then give God what you cannot do. And then trust God no matter what. If God does what I think he should do, I trust him. If God doesn't do what I think he should do, I trust him. If I pray and believe God for a miracle and he does it, I trust him. If my worst nightmare comes about, I trust him. I believe he is good. I believe he has plans to bless me and prosper me, not to harm me, but to give me a hope and a future. And even if it doesn't look like what I think it should look like, I will trust him. And then when I've walked with the God for enough days and see just how faithful he is, then I realize I don't have to worry ever again because he told me not to. And because he told me that my heavenly father cares for me. Proverbs uh, 3, 5, and 6 says it this way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. But listen to this. But in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. I don't know what you're worried about today. But I know that worry held me prisoner for a long, long time. And I know that it's a sin. And I know that he has set me free from it. And I know that he can set you free from it too. And I'm not going to insult my God by walking away. Instead, I am going to trust him. How about you? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.